1: This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. If it's a Monday, you know what that means. Another. ATP Challenger-centric edition of the show from our friends Damien Kust and Jakob Bobro On this week's episode, they break down an unexpected week of results in Poland. They marvel at Benjamin Bonzi's record-setting week. He ties the single-season record for most Challenger titles in a year. Of course, you're also going to get the chance to hear Damien speak with a couple of the standout performers from the past week of play in particular. You're going to hear him chat with... with... With Zdenek Kolar, Nicola Kuhn, Holger Rune, Santiago Gonzalez, and Andreas Molteni, it is a fantastic episode that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy, of course, as always. I will remind you if you have missed any of our content, you can catch up on it all on our website, crackrackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, the Mini Break podcast, which has recaps of all of last week's action, as well as our Cracked Interviews podcast, where we speak with so many of the players, coaches from throughout the tennis world. But with that in mind, let's get into it. An ATP challenger centric episode from our friends, Damien Koost and Jakob Babra.
0: um yeah do we do the you know double recording thing and
3: oh, oh yeah sure sure i'll try you
0: know, it uh, hopefully it's no nothing's gonna be uh hello and welcome to the next episode of the challenge podcast i am joined by my friend jakub uh hey uh how have you been doing
3: um i'm doing great uh, i'm very excited to get into all of these tournaments mm-hmm. that we had so much tennis um tennis the top of tennis you were at a tournament uh this week in, in Szczecin, uh which had a I would say a very unexpected outcome, I guess. Uh this isn't something that we were expecting when we were looking at the traw. How did you enjoy it there? Uh
0: this is my favorite Challenger event probably. Uh compared to the other Polish ones, it has better food for the press, which is which is always good. <laughs> and it also has a better atmosphere. <laughs> like uh, it's it's very welcoming and uh like, for example, I guess I can say that no one's from the from the event is probably going to hear it. But in po- when I was in Poznań, I sort of felt like an intruder. So I was I was I was just like, you know, entering the press office for to get water and like bananas or something. And I didn't really talk to anyone because I don't know, just they, they were very it was a very closed group there. And I don't know. And here it's completely different. So I, I really like coming back to Szczecin. I'm definitely going to next year. I, I'm probably go, coming back to Poznan as well. But you know, just, just the organization is really great, and it's no not a surprise that this tournament got the uh, you know got the awards for the best challenger like three times, and all of the players also keep keep saying that not 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 even asked for it, but that they just keep saying that the quality of uh, of how it's run is is really exceptional when it comes to the Challenger Tour and it shows even if you're just there as a as a media member. Uh, yeah, and we didn't expect the result, definitely. I was definitely writing off Zdenek Kolash a bit. Uh, I guess we shouldn't have because he's been <laughs> exceeding the expectations all the year. And it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a fantastic story because he got his first one at, at the Challenger 50 so you know getting that confidence uh from the oay run where he could he beat I, I can't remember <coughs> like that that was the first oay event right of the of the of the four we had mm-hmm. uh, and then he went on to win an even bigger event in yasi and then the biggest title to date in in Szczecin, which is absolutely fantastic i think he came from the weaker half of the draw and if kuhn was healthy because he had to retire in the semis due to a Uh, lower back issue then I guess we wouldn't really be seeing Zdenek Kolar in the finals but that doesn't take away from from the fantastic performance that he had on Sunday and that's actually where we're going to plug in our our first bit of interview with Zdenek Kolar, the the man himself
4: Yeah, When I saw first time that the center court is completely full I said it can be big it was big support to Camille, so yeah. But uh, what can I do? I have to focus on my game. I I have to try to do my best, and I understand if he's at home, so they they want to, to win the Camille. So so yeah. But I I, I don't have problem to play with uh, with the fans and crowd like this. So so. Still, I'm in, in my in my mind and uh, focus on my game.
0: Uh, you've been enjoying a lot of success in doubles as well. Is that you know? It, it, does it help you to add some more elements to your singles game as well?
4: Uh, I'm trying to play doubles all the time when I can, so uh, I know that it's helping me in the singles for the volleys, uh, important points, on trying to to return and. Doubles it's different than singles, but uh, I know that it's helping me a lot to improve my singles game. So I'm still trying to play to play a lot of doubles. So from doubles I can learn a lot, and I can use it in the singles
0: matches. So. Uh, You're probably the only player here with your own clothing brand. Can you tell us more about it? When did you start it and can we buy these clothes online?
4: Uh, You cannot buy it. It's just for (laughs) for for me.
0: And this year it's
4: already 10 years, this brand. So let's say it's already a long time. So yeah, uh, at the beginning I I did it by myself uh, with some internet shop. But now it's doing um, more, more my mother because uh, I'm saying, telling that I have too much clothes already that I need don't need anymore. But she's still doing. So in the beginning was just for fun to have something, maybe, maybe not very popular or not very often on tour, but. I did it, so it's
0: still this brand going with my career. Uh, yeah, that came from the from the presser. So th- th- there's gonna be some from press conferences and some from uh, from just interviews I did. So the the sound quality might be very very varied, but I, I'm gonna you know try to make sure that everything is uh, audible. Uh, Anyhow, yes. Actually, it turns out that Collage and Mike Shack are quite good friends, and that they've known each other since the junior times. But as it often is in in meetings between friends, uh, they they tend to get weird. And and Mike shack is actually trailing their seniors head to head one free at the moment. Uh, someone actually asked. I, I don't think I'm gonna have that in the inter- in the in the bit we had. But someone asked Collage like when they talk whether they talk in polish czech english and he said it's a it's a mixture of everything Uh, but he uh, in in the presser he actually wanted to talk in english not in you know the mixture of polish and czech he said he's going to understand more uh which was obviously very suitable for me Uh, but uh yeah a, a fantastic run again he's gonna debut in the top 150 i i was actually just wondering like do you think that this form can take him far indoors as well
3: i mean so so i i saw him uh, I, I mean you, you were there as well um in bratislava in 2019 where he made the uh, semis i think
0: Orders, um, i think because semis was novak Gerasimov. Ah, and zumhurkolash maybe i
3: i think so yeah because uh, maybe Yeah,
0: maybe, maybe 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 semis i remember he beat mike shuger there because that was actually their uh, the their previous meeting before their final
3: yeah i mean that, that, that was in hard and i was very impressed by 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 the way that he adjusted there because i thought of him as more of a more of a clay court guy uh with the type of grinding game that he plays um which you know i mean it's it's not entirely dissimilar to norbert gomboj and, and hes had great success in in davis cup there and stuff like that uh and, and in the Bratislava event so um I, I feel like from what I've seen from Kolashi, he, he can definitely have some moments on on Indoor Heart too. He's he, he's had a great year with three titles. Um, he hasn't been very consistent, though. He's had like a lot of second round exits through, throughout the year. When I look at his um, uh, little line in the spreadsheet that I put together for the Challenger Ace rankings, he, he's number three now, which is crazy. He's ahead of uh, Rune, Baez, Cherundolo, uh, Brooksby, all of these guys. That, that we've talked about as probably being a lot more talented than him. Um, but those three titles really, really keep him up there. Um, but it's, it's he's, he doesn't have a lot of deep runs outside of, tit- outside of those titles, which is kind of interesting to to see there. Uh, sort of like the opposite of Tomas Martín Echeverri, who seems to have reached the semis like every single <laughs> event that he- How um, many points
0: does Collage have now?
3: uh 397 points earned. Yeah, touch.
0: so 275 come from these three titles. Yeah. So like yeah. three quarters of that is is from these three titles. Yeah, and you are absolutely right about the semis. Uh, I I forgot about that uh, Lloyd Harris match in the quarters. That yes. that was a good one. Uh I I jeez i I can't I can't even, you know. Uh, i don't know how i forgot that but it was it was stunning and like Har- seeing Lloyd harry's progress right now like you know off topic but uh after seeing him play for example in bratislava back there is it's just surreal uh,
3: yeah I mean, he, he, he seemed already pretty great there and he was playing with like very very heavy strapping Mm um which to be fair i I think i was talking to a journalist there where where i was saying something like about the strapping and he said oh no he does that for every single tournament and then he wins it and then he's just fine Mm -hmm. but but yeah it's it's great to see these guys on on challengers and then watch them progress like that onto the main tour so um but yeah back 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 to Shechin, um yeah as, as you said breaks into the top 150 uh 36 spots up uh, which, which is kind of crazy to think about because I, I like for 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 a while now, for most of the year, he's been sort of a a step off of that step behind. He, he he's had to play a lot of qualifying um, for, for th- throughout the summer and stuff like that. So it's going to be very nice to see him regularly uh, to to have a sort of guarantee of getting into any challenger he wants, pretty much. Uh, and just to recap his run, he beat Vesley in the first round, then Jay Clark, Jesper De Jong. Uh, as you as we mentioned, he got the retirement at the second from Nicola Kuhn in the semifinals, uh, and then finally beat uh, Kaimo Mecherzak, all without dropping a set. Um, I assume that somebody else that we're going to talk about is actually Nicola Kuhn uh, with, with the run that he had, beating Albert Ramos-Vignolas in the in the first round. That was something I, sure, I certainly wasn't expecting. Uh, so how how. Um, uh how did that match go uh did the crowd have a big response to it uh and stuff like that
0: yeah i mean looking at at just his first three matches i think kun's level was the highest of any player in this tournament like really uh from losing 1-6-0-2 to ramos vinolas he basically started playing tennis that i had no idea he was capable of playing i mean maybe it's recency bias but I, I, I can't remember seeing him play this well, even back when he won a challenger title at 17. What Braunschweig was it? And he was basically looked at as one of the top prospects for for the next years. And I I can't remember him playing this well really. And he 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 you know he's famous for the backhand. Like he plays such an aggressive baseline tennis. Like everyone every, everyone in the crowd, like the more casual fans, were like he's a Spaniard, so he's probably gonna play. You know defense and grind and he's the opposite of that and when when it was working it was absolutely excellent it's a shame that that a lot of the you know the lower back injury stopped it but when you think about it i mean he hasn't had that kind of workload in such a long time his last yeah, semifinal was february 2020
3: yeah this, this was only the second time that he won more than two matches in a row this year He's he's, he's, he's had a lot long...
0: mallorca qualities right
3: uh, I think so
0: yeah Mallorca qualities he, he qualified for Mallorca on grass but anyhow it was still three matches in a week not six and I, I don't know if it was you know just an injury or or if it was a result of that but he I mean definitely looking forward to it uh actually we have an interview with Nicola Kuhn uh yeah. so here it is uh, it's often very hard to back up a great performance,
2: but you managed to do that very well today. Uh, you know, how, how pleased are you with what you showed? I mean, it was obviously a tough battle anyways. Um, I know he's a good player. He's been performing very well last week. Um, I was pretty tired today. I had to focus really much on my on, on every point. I, I managed to, to step into the court and go one step further in important moments. And I'm really happy with the performance I had. It was a really tough couple of seasons for you. Is it just a matter of confidence? It's a matter of... everything. I mean, it's all the things combined. Um, I started working better. I started working more on my fitness. That's what I had a lack of. And now, step by step, after a few weeks that we are really pushing hard, uh, I can see that, that my performance increases 1000%. So, I think I I'll keep on, on this line and, and I hope I can stay playing like this all every week. I sat actually I sat next to your coach and I saw he was taking a lot of notes. Could you shed some light on what he's writing down
0: during your matches?
2: If I'm honest, it's the first time that he writes down oh. uh, this tournament, so I don't know what he's actually <laughs> writing down. Someone who was in Sevilla told me that he was also writing down. Yeah, this. probably. Sometimes I, I, I don't see it, but okay. uh, honestly, I... <laughs> He just told me, uh, do what we have, what we have been practicing all the time. Be confident and stick to your plan. And that's it. And that's exactly what I did. Okay. And lastly, have you heard about the Spanish curse that we have here? About the Spanish curse? Yeah. In in 27
0: editions, no Spaniard has lifted the title. Actually, there were nine finalists, but no, no
2: title. So, and you're the last one left in this event. Uh, well, I'm I'm not trying to focus on this because this is not not my goal. As I said, um, I'm I have to to play. On this level, every week, and and uh, and the trophy is gonna come according to to the performance. So the main goal now is to keep on uh, working on on what we are doing and improving what what I've been performing, and that's all I'm focused on right now. on Thank you. Good luck tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and as as you heard, he actually said that uh, in the past few weeks he started pushing harder and working harder. I don't know what was stopping him before but uh i mean uh it looks like it's working and if i'm i'm really excited to see what he's gonna do in the in in future weeks we also mentioned his coach who was taking a lot of notes i don't think they've been working together for that long uh name is javier fernandez and uh, i i think he's also one of the one of the reasons why kun is is starting to uh, you know, to, to progress a little bit right now after being very stale or maybe even, you know, de- decreasing his, his skill in the in the past couple of years. I mean, the, the, result, the results really haven't been great. We also mentioned uh, the Spanish curse in that interview, which is, uh, you know, in 28 editions, we've never had a Spanish winner, despite them being uh, so successful on clay courts in general. And there have been nine finalists, uh, neither of which won the won the title, and it, this year it seemed like it was the perfect opportunity for for Spain. I mean, uh, Andujar, Taberner, Martinez withdrew after all, but Carbaez, Baena as well. Ramos, yeah, yeah <laughs> and, and Ramos was eliminated <laughs> in the opening round, and but but Kun was really playing fantastic tennis this week. Let's see where this takes him because it it still should be a uh, huge for his confidence. But the, he he really couldn't win that win that semi. He was up 5-2 and then lost like 11 points in a row or something, all with, you know, the first stroke was an unforced error. He just really couldn't do anything with that injury. And and the, there was really no point to continue in that second set. Um, I'm sad that it happened this way because I really feel like he maybe even could have won it, which is super surprising because in the qualities, even though he won his matches in straight sets, like the first one he played was against Nathaniel Lamons. Lamons plays doubles like what twice a year. And it was a very close match in the <laughs> in the very beginning. And yeah. I was definitely writing off Kuhn. And everyone was. I, I I remember talking to a lot of people before the Ramos match that it was not even worth going to. Like I was sitting on the outside courts and I was like, yeah, Ramos is leading 6-1 to 0. Like, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> Soon, soon, there's gonna be another match, and then I came in the in the middle of the second set, and I definitely didn't regret it.
3: Yeah, I mean, if, if if this is the level that he brings throughout the rest of the season, or probably not the rest of the season because of the injury, but throughout next season, that'll be very exciting to watch. Um, but yeah, somebody else that I wanted to mention, uh, and you probably wanted to mention too, uh, Pavel Chiaš, making the quarterfinals, beating uh, Vítek Šiva and Stefano Travalia um yeah how how, how much did you enjoy uh this week
0: honestly czech is probably my favorite polish player so i mean it was it was real it was fantastic it was such an experience that i don't you know i i wouldn't regret going to stretch in any way but uh ever since i saw czech live first and was like not not that long ago actually i think it was like three or four years ago I, i always had the impression that he had a lot of potential uh, you know, some I guess some motivation issues happened. Like last year, he was really resigned when there was the pandemic. And I mean, the guy is 27 at this point. I mean, he he really needs if if he wants to have a successful career, sort of. Obviously, not talking about like ATP level, but maybe maybe some challengers. He really needs to get going. And like the the pandemic really stopped him in his tracks, and that was very frustrating for him. Now he practiced a bit with Miho Shishenjne, and he looks like. You know, he, he looks really, uh, he looks like he can really start going for it. I mean, th- even this year on, uh, at ITF level, he's won a lot of matches. I think his loss record is like 42 to 15 at the moment. So even though he didn't win a title, he he, he reached one 15k final and one 25k. But he was really good in the summer in the Polish ITFs. That's how he got the wildcard in the first place. He's got a sponsor right now because that used to be an issue as well in 2019 he he basically had no money he sold his car to keep playing and uh, after it was actually after reaching the third round at uh two years ago that's that some sponsors finally approached him he's uh he's currently uh you know he funded by the by a company medica vera which is Stettin based some some sort of some sort of medical stuff he has them on the you know on uh, on his shirt and and it looks like he's gonna have enough money to to travel at least this year at least hopefully next year as well and now he's going to 25 k in part and budapest so it's actually pretty funny that you know quarters here you'd think that this this was gonna be a a breakout run but 25 yeah. points is actually not even that much right like
3: I mean, so, so 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 I'm looking at his live ranking mm-hmm. right now. He, he, it moves him up 127 spots, but he is still outside the top 500. Exactly. Uh, 67 points total, 25 of those. Um, he's actually about to take uh uh take over uh janovic who's only five spots ahead of him now. Somehow, after yeah, not He was... has
0: played in since <laughs> March 2020, yeah
3: uh yeah which, which uh, it, it shows you the state of the ATP rankings at the moment which um well it is what it is that we can't change it unfortunately but it it, it should definitely be it be a, a pretty big kick start in you know getting him into well i i, I guess challenger qualities more regularly if, if he can uh try and so, yeah win. um but, but yeah, basically mm-hmm. very exciting to watch I, I unfortunately only watched his loss to, to Hanfman. So, so I didn't see his, his best level against Kopriva or Travalier, but still very very. The fun. level
0: was fairly similar, actually, you know, besides serving. Uh, he, he just didn't serve well against Huntsman, and that was the key. Like, uh, in the first set, he struggled with his percentages, which is actually a common issue for him because he usually goes for the flat delivery on the first one, and, like, it, it works, like, 50% of the time, usually, so it's a common issue. And then even when it went in, Hansman read it really well. Uh, like mm-hmm. he was winning like forty-eight percent of of his first serves or something. So that 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 just wasn't enough. Like you could you can call the four-one lead a choke, but it was more of a representation in the second set. The four-one lead, but it was more of a representation for me uh, of how much he struggled on, on serve in total in the in this match. But still a fantastic win for him. Probably his best ever. I mean uh he got his first win against the top 100 opponent in his first ever match against the top 100 opponent but still uh, and uh, what i really like about him is sometimes you see these players who are ranked 600 700 but when they run into a when they run into someone really good they just lose i don't know two and two six to six or something like that and that's that was never really the case with him like whenever he plays someone better uh, I think he's a big match player, simply. But he he always looks competitive as the underdog. Sometimes wins like the ones against Travalia, Copriva. In the past, he's beaten Arnaboldi when he was 140th, uh Gianessi, um, someone else I'm lacking, but Peter Torebko, and he was pretty high as well. Uh, he felt he was very competitive against guys like Rogério Dutrasilva, for example. Most of these came in Szczecin because he he usually gets a wildcard here three times he landed it as a as a result of his uh, polish national championships wins this year as uh, for the itfs that i mentioned but i'm definitely looking forward to to seeing him next i i i didn't know if the the events in Pardubica at budapest are streamed on the on the itf website uh, i don't know yet but i'm definitely gonna follow it i've actually been following his his progress all year and watching him whenever it was it was possible for example we're gonna talk about Gonzalo Lama later and uh, I watched their match at a 15k uh this year in Antalya and it was also very competitive uh mm-hmm. so yeah definitely someone to to look at uh there are some controversies as well like people when I when I tweeted something about Ciasse, that there were a lot of angry bettors running at me Um uh, they they're not entirely uh, you know wrong in that case I feel like because the third set from Travalia was really poor but even if he somehow fixed or tanked it like from lack of motivation it wasn't you know it wasn't Chash's fault uh, and, I mean mm mm-hmm
3: i mean i i i would be surprised if, if, if that was some sort of fix really like i i i feel like you you see that more lower down i guess what were the guys are more desperate because i don't i don't think that stefano trevallia is like super desperate for money uh, I, I, I
0: agree wouldn't. but you, do you remember oh, the yeah, match against that he had
3: yeah yeah
0: yeah and then he went to play bundesliga on the weekends i mean he's had a couple of these suspicious ones so i'm i'm not yeah. against you know uh you know, just looking into it, but yeah, I
3: mean, there's always some serial guys like Gabashvili. Yeah, exactly.
0: And I so... mean, Chash also has one one match in the past, uh, which people really look at as as a fix. It it was a challenger qualies in 2018 in Braunschweig. He went to play uh, Nicolas Bianchi in the opening round, and he was a huge favorite. when the first set 6-3, and then 1-6, 1-6. I have no idea. Uh, i have no idea you know how it looked i i haven't seen it uh people showed me that there were weird there, there was weird dots movement on that uh i i feel like i don't have enough info to you know to to say that he fixed it or not i mean uh you there are some people when you know it happens so often that you that you just know like it's gabashvili it's popco it's i don't know karatsev even in the past. And and with Chash, it's just that one match. Even though some people on Twitter like it was really irritating, they tried to uh, tried to keep telling me that Chash has a lot of these issues in the past. And like I I, I did a very thorough Twitter search uh, for you know for these guys like for example Stefano Berinconi. I you probably know him right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he 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 called out a lot of fixers because he looks at odds movement and also how how the match goes. And I, I, for example, researched his tweets on Chash, and the only, the only match I could find was the the one against Bianchi. And when, whenever I said that I know what you're, what match you're talking about, everyone was like, "No, he's had a lot of suspicious matches." Well, not really. Like, if if defeating Kopriva and Travalia is very suspicious for you, and if you've, I, I've read opinions that he was actually if he was playing garbage in these matches. Like, I, I believe the you know if, if these people either don't have ice i don't know or, or or just don't know i just know nothing about the sport i mean really <laughs> sorry uh yeah. there, there were also a lot of uh people who claimed that ramos fixed the match against Kuhn.
3: yeah i i don't i don't think so I, like I, I don't think ramos vignolas is going to uh risk something like that when he's a higher profile player who's had a successful career i agree the,
0: like there's just the same case with Schwarzman right now like the 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 Davis Cup loss to Ostapenkov. like there's just too much risk and not enough reward for a guy
3: who's it's it's not like like you're a guy who's been always outside the top 800 in your career you have no money left and then somebody comes up comes over offers you 10,000 to fix one set and and you feel like you have to take it or, or you're basically shooting yourself in the foot these are these are established guys who have the money I don't I don't see the reason why they would go for that really exactly but
0: there was actually a funny funny story because under uh i think it was on facebook under a post from the from the tournament about kun defeating Ramos uh a guy came uh, his name is krzysztof kocyła and he's actually a father of a former polish tennis player arkadiusz kocyła who was banned for match fixing (laughs) and he claimed that at 1602 he bet 50,000 on kun and won like you know 500 500,000 or something like that uh and like oh, there there's there was like a huge bout in the comments and i think the tournament ended up uh, you know uh, not showing the these comments after all like, like hiding them but i don't know i mean i i think we'd better not get into it but this guy i actually read a few interviews from him from back when his son was 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 banned and suspended and he 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 claims that he pretty much lives of uh of you know uh gambling on tennis and that he he sees things like this that he that he can he can sense when a player has fixed something or not i have no idea i mean Let's just maybe stop it at there, I mean.
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. Uh, but anyways, some other things that I wanted to bring up from the tournament. Holger um, Arun uh, actually pre- played quite well, uh, made the quarterfinals lost to Michael Jack, but had a brutal 6-1, 6-1 win over over Pablo Andujar, uh, which, which kind of caught me by surprise. Um, what, what did you think of that match and, and Arun overall this week?
0: I think Andujar didn't really show anything. Uh, but still, it was a fantastic performance from uh, from Runa, and actually, we have an interview with him, which is actually uh, which was recorded after the Andújar win, so it's perfect. Uh, you defeated a very experienced opponent today very easily. How, yeah. Were you surprised to see yourself so you know, so comfortable today on the court, and how satisfied are you? Yeah, the I mean, performance?
2: I didn't expect it to be. I mean, I cannot say easy, but the scores, twenty-two-one. But I think I played a very good match. That's why it, it came out twenty-two-one. I was very focused, uh, had my game plan, and played it very well. Uh,
0: at the start of the season, like earlier, you had a lot of problems with cramping and some
2: physical issues. Yeah. Is that more or less behind you right now, or? Uh, yeah, still? I mean, I I, I still have it sometimes, but it's getting better. I, I, I'm learning how to deal with it, and you know it's only happened one time now since five months. Against and that was Djokovic. It, yeah, exactly, and uh, you know it's getting better. You know, I think it's also about relaxing more on the court. And today I was very relaxed, it's also why I played so good, so it's, it's very important to you know get the shoulders down and just relax and play tennis. And about New York, because you had a great run there. Do you think you can be as successful on hard courts as on clay? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think my game is pretty aggressive and it's still exposed surface because I like to play heavy as it's good on clay, but I still like to be close to the baseline, which is very good on high court. So uh, I think I'm an all-call player. Thank you. Great Thank performance, thanks. Damon.
0: Uh, yeah, and as you heard, he felt very relaxed on the court. He, he says it was a great performance of sticking up to his game plan. He also mentioned that he barely has the cramping issues these days. And that he is pretty much an all-court player in his mind, which I, I kind of tend to agree with. I mean, in that uh, match against Anduhar, he was taking the ball so early. And I think it was what left him sort of in the Mike Shack match. Like Camille, after the after that win, told us that, uh, well, he was expecting Runa to play a lot more aggressively. And maybe it was because of raining, like very heavy conditions. But they didn't really look like there was any power discrepancy between them, which is not really the case in Mike Shaprona, right? And uh, but but it, it's still another huge week for Runa. I think I would be very surprised if this guy isn't gonna break through, in, you know, next year on the in the clay court season because like that's a, that's a that's a big talent, and uh, I, I think that his potential. Like recently, someone a friend told me that well rune is going to be top 40 or better and i i told him like top 40 is not bold at all when it comes to rune like if you told me top 10 i would be yes like yeah he's going to be like come on obviously uh and and that's the that's the scale of talents that that we're talking about here we actually haven't really mentioned Kamil mikeshag i think despite like name dropping him a few times yeah But he also had a very good week. Uh, I think he's got a very good chance of uh, returning to the top 100 soon. I actually believe that this has been, like, over a sustained period, like, this has been the best tennis that he's ever played, even when he was 83rd, I think, his peak ranking. I don't think he was as complete as he is right now. Since December, he's been working with Joachim Nistrom, the 1986 Wimbledon doubles champ. And he didn't actually mention volleys, which you know, for a doubles champ would be would make sense. But he mentioned that uh, Nishim helps him keep calm, helps him be be focused, uh, concentrated, and also that he's. Well, I asked him a question after the Karbys Bay match. All these presses were in Polish, so I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, have you listen to that. But I asked him what you know because he last played Bayana in two thousand seventeen, and like the difference between these matches were very huge, uh, was very huge. And I'm I asked him uh, like, coming Mikeshak as a tennis player in two thousand seventeen, and coming Maikshak as a play as a tennis player in two thousand twenty one. What's the biggest difference? And Camille mentioned his serve, and uh, I would definitely agree, agree with that. It's it's become a. Uh, well it's basically helping him at helping him at this point which wasn't really the case in the past it's 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 getting to be a very reliable shot uh at one point this week he saved 21 break points in a row which was pretty stunning wow uh,
3: yeah uh, do, do we have anything uh else where we want to go
0: uh let me look probably not although we have one more interview with the doubles champs uh, it's actually from the presser, but I I think I'm gonna just give you one uh, one uh, utterance from Gonzalez and one from Bolteni. It was something, yeah, so maybe here you go, and then we're gonna uh, then I'm gonna talk about it in a second.
5: Yeah, it's my second title here in in天津. La, uh, since well, last tournament, I was playing here. I, I won with Andreosi, with a, an Argentinian guy, a friend. Uh, so I'm very really happy coming here. I always have good memories from here. Uh, I felt very good playing here. Uh, I like the, the atmosphere of course of the tournament, it's like, you, got, you have uh, shows everywhere at night, you have many matches at, at night, uh, a lot of people coming, so it's very nice. Uh, also the city, we try to enjoy a little bit, we went to some restaurants, and, and, and we I, I like very much the, the city. Um, well, I think it's a great tournament, this one, it's uh, a big one, it could be like an ATP, the, the, the draw was very strong as well. So we're very happy to win. As Santi said, it was a very tough match. They start playing very good. And, and we managed to win it. At, at, at the first moment, we didn't know how to do it. But then we, we started playing better, better. And, and we finally, we could win. And I think it's a very positive week for us.
0: Uh, you guys have won so many Challenger titles. I wonder if you ever, if you still keep count. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know which <laughs> Challenger title one of yours is this, this one is? I don't know.
5: <laughs> yeah, and many do you know? I'm more or less. I think, How many do you think? I think it's something about 20-something or mm-hmm. around that.
0: 23 I think and for you it's 30. 30! So 30, huge friend. numbers, oh, my yeah. You teamed up at the US Open for the very first time. Could you tell us the story behind it? Who asked who to play with? I asked these guys.
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... Uh, I played with my old partner, with Marcelo de Molina. I was playing with him at the beginning of the year. So he, had, he didn't have a partner also. So we, we knew each other since a long time ago, and we always talking how when we are playing together. But he have a partner or I have a partner, so we couldn't never play. So this time I said, "Okay, let's try it." Right? So I asked him, and he said, "Yes, obviously," and then. Uh,
0: yeah, and as, as you heard, Santiago Gonzalez and Andres Molteni won the won the doubles title. 15-13 in the final, uh, which was pretty exciting to watch. Uh, they were actually destroyed in the first set. Like, Goranson and Lamons were returning very well. They got into every single return game. And then the match completely turned around. I mean, sometimes with doubles, I just really don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's, so, it's sometimes so random to me and gonzalez won his 30th challenger title in doubles and Molteni won his 23rd i asked them uh as you heard like whether they still keep count and it turned out that they didn't like Molteni only knew that it was 20 something and gonzalez just said he doesn't know <laughs> so yeah they started working together at the u.s open and it's gonna be at least until the end of the year uh like, they said that they probably weren't going to get into Indian Walls together, so probably going to play with someone else there. But other than that, they, they're going to keep playing. Gonzalez is very well-known in Poland because he uh, was in the mixed doubles final at the French Open with Claudia Ansignacic and then played with Mariusz Frystenberg for two years, and Molteni actually defended his title, but back then it was with uh, Guido Androzzi. But even, though, even despite all these Polish connections, it was actually Gonzalez's first time in, in Poland. Oh, well. Yeah, and I think we can stop stretching at at that probably. Yeah, I think it's already taken. Yeah,
3: I, I just to quickly mention that the, oh. the level of doubles seemed very high throughout. Uh, like like some of the names that we have here, you and Montesgones. They had to get a wild card to even play, uh, which is kind of wild. Yeah, they won
0: a they won a challenger like last week, right?
3: Yeah. So the the cutoff was very high here. Uh, you had you, the Dumbia Rebul, uh, who are the, the number one uh challenger team, uh, in in doubles, uh, losing the quarterfinals. What walkov Oh, lost... yes,
0: we should mention that. Do you see what I want to mention?
3: Uh, no, I, I mean, they, apparently they lost 10-0. In yeah, the... exactly, exactly. I don't think I've seen that before, to be honest. Uh,
0: <laughs> exactly. I was, I was thinking, like, when when has that happened, and I, and I wasn't able to come up with one much no. tiebreaker i mean when when we look at results like look at some database obviously we're gonna find it but i mean it was it was very weird to watch like uh just everything went into in in andres and nathaniel's favor uh they were obviously valkov and Zinitsky were our biggest hope for for a run here but well, it didn't happen
3: yeah and then uh zdeny collage was was also looking for another yet another double step <laughs> with Yebavi, who i was actually interested in if that pairing would work because they uh, I, I didn't really think it would the the way that those those two guys play but yeah m- made the semis so so not bad run there but yeah just very very high quality uh,
0: very different personalities as well right like collage is so calm and the above is like yeah. uh you know partying and all like' he's he's Sure. yeah <laughs> yeah so so it's, so it's actually interesting yeah i i watched like that i definitely watched them against reese verbeck and i remember collage played awful at the net there like had some terrible smashes and then in the final against mike shack in singles he was absolutely perfect like in every single thing he did at the net so maybe mm-hmm. the doubles is actually I actually asked him about it too and he said that's like definitely the doubles is is helping his singles game uh you know just add more elements to it yeah so do we go to Ren next then
3: sure uh ren where we had benjamin bonzi once again this is absolutely crazy third title in the row uh beats matt morang who, who who won who also won last week uh sixth challenger title this year uh i i saw a tweet about it equaling the the record for most challenger titles uh in in, in a single season 15 match win streak this this is crazy this guy is on top of the challenger rankings by uh 280 points it's <laughs> it's absolutely wild he he has he has earned 732 points on challengers this year uh and then, and then the, the next one is is uh Echeveri at 424 he's he's absolutely left everyone behind here um stunning season he, he's up to number uh 61 i believe in the rankings yep. Uh, the, the, the run certainly wasn't easy. Uh, Elias Imer, Kacper Żuk, Liam Brody, he, he had a big match against uh, Artur Rinderknech, which, which you highlighted in the preview, um, where, where he dropped his only set. Um, I don't I don't know why I felt like he couldn't do it again. I, 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 I almost, I actually sort of forgot that I didn't pick him <laughs> this week.
0: Yeah, you picked uh, Murray, yeah, but you wanted Bonzi, yeah? Uh, but yeah, I, mean, I, I
3: thought about Bonzi, but, but then I sort of thought, well, I mean, three challenges in a row, surely he'll get tired. No, 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 he won't. He's Benjamin Bonzi, he's unstoppable.
0: He's, <laughs> he's going to play again. I mean, he's going to play in Nursultan and then, he's, then Nursultan. he's signed up for uh, Orleans or how, how do you call it in, 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 in French? I don't know. And then we Le Captif. So another two challengers like if if he's going to play six weeks in a row I'm, i don't know <laughs> the guy is just crazy like 15 yep. matches in 21 days and and he wins all that he's also on a 20 match win uh, match win streak on the challenger tour because yes. that's with segovia or Yeah, segovia yeah
3: uh, i think so yes yeah the
0: one over van raithoven uh
3: yeah segovia yeah crazy just <laughs> this guy it's it's really wild to to uh, think about. It's just yeah, it's, it's such a strong run. You you, you talk about Rinderknecht has somebody that could beat him. He he certainly could uh, if he caught Bonzi on the on the worst day on on the, on the worst day maybe. Um, that, that was that was obviously the the big match, but just unstoppable. It, it sort of reminded me of uh, Adrian Ma- uh, Manorino. I feel like he he had a season like this. In maybe 2015, not, not not quite like this, but but he basically um, just did really well on the Challenger tour uh, to sort of give himself uh, a, a strong ranking for the ATP tour, and, and he sort of stayed there since. He, I don't I don't think he's really dropped down that much if uh, uh, if, if I'm yeah. correct. Yeah,
0: yeah, keeping himself in there, he's yeah,
3: in the regular top fifty player now, and I feel like that's that's where Bonzi can go uh, for sure. I mean, I'm 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 curious as to how he's going to replicate this over a season on the main tour. I'm I'm curious to see that for sure. But yeah, what did you think about it? This yeah,
0: Tip also had that um 2017 or 18 season where he was awful on the main tour pretty much, not winning matches. And then he w- he played four challengers and won all of them. Uh, <laughs> And I think he like dropped like one or two sets on the, uh, in them, like it was Bangkok in, in, in January and then some Chinese clay later, like absolutely stunning as well. I guess in some rare cases, this shows the difference between the, the main tour and the challenger, but actually I, I feel like for Bonzi, like probably this week in North Sultan, I mean, he has to be tired at some point. So maybe, maybe it's not going to happen yet, but a breakthrough has to happen just He's just playing far too well. The, the level in most of his matches was crazy. I watched Bonzi Juk, I watched Bonzi Rindernech, and I watched the final. And that 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 was really insane. Mats Moraing deserves a mention as well because he yes. changed surfaces, saved the match point against Harold Mayo in the in the first round, which was definitely more. I mean, he stayed, he stuck to his guns, which he always does, actually. I mean, it's not a surprise in terms of moraing but uh, I, it was it was still impressive that he was able to you know keep keep uh, keep playing his game under pressure. But Bonzi was just too strong again, and and as you mentioned, he tied the record for the most challenger titles in a single season uh, mm-hmm. with Yunus Elinau, Juan Ignacio Cella, and uh, Facundo Bagnis. And when I actually checked, uh, like Elinau uh, played two challengers after getting his sixth uh, and had one final. Uh, Cella played three and had one final. And Bagnis uh, he got his sixth in the last event of the season. So there's actually a very solid chance that Bonzi breaks it. And there's also a very solid chance he breaks another record because I feel like he's at 49 wins this year on the Challenger Tour at the moment. And most wins in a single season is Carlos Berloc at 57. So if Bonzi plays like three more challengers, he has a very good chance to break it.
3: Certainly does. That's yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is an incredible season that we're watching him from Bozy. Um some other guys that, that that had an interesting week in in Ren, uh Gabashvili, who I, I hinted about this earlier, had this kind of a, a bit out of nowhere, run. He, he beat jo Simon quite easily, uh 6'3, 6'2, then he beat uh Escobedo in three before losing to Meringue, which I mean I honestly am sort of waiting for Gabashvili to drop off a bit and I guess retire in 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 a year or two because he's 36. He's outside the top 250, so this was su- certainly a surprising run. Uh, we also had pro- the the biggest name in the tournament was Andy Murray, who I picked for the for the win, uh, going out in the second round to to Suffulin, uh six one in the third, which I, I that certainly wasn't the plan for for for, for Murray. Um, yeah, did, did anything else catch your eye in red?
0: we can we can we can uh slowly go into the next one i mean gabasfiri is still capable of playing at a very high level but he only does that like once every few months i don't know if if that's motivation issues obviously he's a well-known fixer alleged fixer probably fixer and um, you know some of some of the matches he's played this year were suspicious as well but when he actually tries in fast conditions which work for his serve then that he can still play at a very high level and i honestly sort of expected him to m- make even more impact against murai Inc., because the i watched the magicness and like that he really didn't give him a chance Mare, i mean i think his return game has has really declined and it it sometimes shows on on indoor heart when someone like feeling has a has a very strong performance mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, plus plus, I don't think it was like a huge stage that he's really looking for at this point in his career. I I, I guess he's trying to build up his ranking so so he doesn't have to rely on wild cards for for, for slams. Um, But yeah, I I don't know if that's going to happen for him really on the Challenger Tour or on the 250s and stuff like that. Uh, Right, should we go to Kerry? Kerry is up next here. Uh, where we have Mitchell Krueger beating my pick Bjorn Fratangelo uh, in the final so yeah, unfortunate for me there yeah, and
0: in the semis he beat my pick then Kudla.
3: yeah <laughs> and, and 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 before that he actually beat uh three Australians in a row which was kind of interesting be Jason Kubler Dane Kelly and uh Max Purcell uh third challenger title second of the year He's up 26 spots to number 156, uh, which is a new high for him. I I sort of I, like, I feel like I've been like underrating him in my mind. Like I, I usually think of him as sort of the, the step down below guys like Fritangelo for agreed, some reason. I
0: Agree, yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, he's 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 really shown us up here. So so that's uh nice for him. I feel like the the big story in, in the beginning of the tournament was certainly uh Tennis Sandgren's uh disqualification. Well, he, he got defaulted um in the second game of his opening round uh, match against uh chris eubanks after hitting a person with, with with the ball i think
0: yeah i mean it's not it's not visible on the stream but that's what he yeah. tweeted out like his tweet was very weirdly phrased like he said that a ball kid threw his threw a ball at him in his nuts that's i'm, I'm quoting here i'm not saying this <laughs> and, and basically uh well it, it it sort of seemed like he was justifying the fact that he was angry but then he he had that comment to his tweet that uh it's all my fault so i guess it was just weird phrasing like you know i I, I, think I, the
3: person you are. I, I remember i did that once accidentally to mariusz kopil in bratislava when i was a ball <laughs> kid and he he didn't uh attack me so <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, the, the closest I've been to being attacked as a pocket was when Lukash Kubot accidentally hit me with his racket when he was trying to wipe it off oh. the top. Uh yeah, he, he like hit me in the face, but it was all right. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Did it get defaulted or anything?
0: Was he but playing yeah, singles or doubles back then? Uh
3: singles, 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 yeah, that was like 2013 or something. Ah, sure. uh, uh, the Slovak Open. But, but yeah, anyway, back to current times challengers. Um, yeah, it's, it's the carry. Fun week, really good week for Alexander Vukic, uh, who made the semis here, beat Red Lucky, Caruso, Zachary Svayda, his best result of the year so far. Um, so he's finally getting back on track after sort of struggling through clay. And Zachary Svaida as well uh, made the quarterfinals, took advantage of getting retirement from Kozlov in the first round and beat. Uh, hichikata so that's certainly great progress for him to see i'm i'm very interested in zachary svaida he's I've, I've been aware of him for a few years since he got that um first u.s open wild card um so i'm i'm very curious if you can take the step and we'll see more of him uh at the u.s challengers next year anything else from from carrie
0: yeah i was very impressed by svaida as well if you if one, you know, if someone listens to our podcast about uh, the Poznan Challenger, uh, we've had an interview with Vukic there, where he said that he was definitely going to pick for the hardcore season. He wasn't lying, uh, which is which is nice to see. Uh, Ryan Peniston made the quarters, which was quite surprising to me. Definitely the win over U-Banks. Uh Peniston is also another one of these players that we haven't really, we don't really talk about that much because he doesn't seem to have much potential. But when he when he's the best version of himself, he can really do great things. And the, the match against Fratanja was also was also fairly close. Uh, we also had uh, a, a very decent run from Alexander Kovatsevich, uh, who played a fantastic first set against Kudla. Couldn't really keep that up, but he's 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 really looking like he has a future you know, in, in this sport. I guess it's not a surprise given how how competitive he was in challengers whenever he played them as a college player. But, I mean, of the guys who recently graduated, I feel like a lot of them are going to have a tough time to transition. Guys like Galarno, guys like Sam Riffis, for example, or, I don't know, Oliver Crawford. And, and this guy really has that potential to, to go up if he gets rid of that, you know, sort of rawness, inconsistency of his game, but yeah, I guess that that would be all on carry. Uh, Mitchell Kruger actually won both events in carry, which is which is kind of interesting.
3: Ah uh, yes, yeah. Well, um, wait, what did he?
0: Yeah, he won uh, two two months ago
3: oh right yeah I, I, I think both singles and doubles i ah, know
0: no, no. I'm, I'm talking about both carry uh, carry challengers which is yeah, yeah. which is kind of interesting actually there was also one retirement that i wanted to mention it's out of place in any event i think so i can just go with it now laurinas Grigelis retired, uh, decided to um. retire which is like, i guess kind of surprising he had that fantastic run at the end of last year in itfs but I, mm. uh, I remember him beating tirante like three times on, on hard courts in monastir and he only played a couple of times this year and defeated Pervo in Davis Cup. And after that, it was like a thriller. He, he announced his retirement somewhere. Uh, pretty sad, I guess, 30, 30 years old. He We haven't seen him in Challengers since, I think, 2019, when he lost to Adam Pavlaszek. Uh, I checked that before the recording. I'm not an encyclopedia. <clears throat> uh and uh well basically he won a challenger title 10 years ago so i i i thought it would be uh, you know good to mention
3: him yeah again. i absolutely missed that I, I've, I've always just sort of known him as the lithuanian number two behind uh, berankis really mm-hmm. um but yeah it, 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 it's, it's always shame to see somebody retire at 30 and not be able to k- take that career a, a little longer but of course when, when you're sort of limited to only playing a few events by whatever your circumstances, maybe physical, financial, uh it's it's of course understandable. But yeah, as, as you said, the, the run in, in Monastir uh at, at, at the end of last year was, was very impressive. Beat Tirante three times, every single time he beat them, yeah. which is um quite quite weird to think about because we we, we think of Tirante quite highly. Um, so, so, so it is a it is a shame that he he couldn't prolong his career there. Yeah, there
0: was also that uh, final against Daniel Michalski where he saved eight match points, I believe, or or nine, something like that's so, like a terrible choke from from Daniel. Uh, yeah, that's a bit of a uh, not, not not a good memory in of Lebronas Grigelis but uh, for me, <laughs> but like you know, Grigelis Grigalis won that match, so for him it's it's probably a great memory. <laughs> Do we go to Istanbul or Quito? Uh
3: let's go let's go let's go Quito. Okay. Uh, we're Facundo Mena, unfortunately. I think we were both cheering for Gonzalo Lama. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, Mena takes the title 6464 over Gonzalo Lama, his second challenger title. Uh he's up 53 spots now to number 269. Uh he beat Alejandro Gomez, uh then Rodriguez, Olivieri, uh Alexis Gauthier, and, uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 was, it was a good run for, for Mena. The, the draw sort of fell apart uh, with, like, André Martin going on in the first round. Uh, although Paul martin Tifon actually folded up uh, quite well uh, by making the semis. They made Alexis Gauthier, who I actually never heard of before uh, this tournament, qualifying and, and making the semis, uh, beating Emilio Gomez uh, on the way there. So, and yeah, Gozalama go in the final for the first time since 2016 uh yeah what, what, what call you the most in Pito?
0: yeah gonzalo lama as he said i mean uh, the guy had like i can't remember the exact name of the, like the disease or the health issue that he had in 2019 but he really fell down the rankings back then he he also said this week that he considered retiring uh yeah. because of how serious it is it was so Uh, i mean it's fantastic to see him do this well i think he actually eliminated my two main title favorites which were tirante and vieja martinez Uh, paul martin tifon as he said was fantastic as well Uh, altitude clay really helping him because he has a huge game um yeah the loss against martin like at at first it looked like you know martin was just awful maybe like i I watched just a couple of uh, of games from that But it turned out that that Tifon actually really excelled in these conditions. Facundo Mena, I didn't expect it, but the the performance he had in the finals, like he blasted 12 aces and was basically untouchable on serve. I have no idea how he did it. But then again, it's altitude clay for you. I mean, Victor Estrella-Burgos won three titles in Quito despite being very short and and not having a, a powerful game uh Gautier, as you said was a huge shock i i don't follow much uh, many tipsters on on twitter but I, I do follow some who i'm you know for, sort of friends with like not 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 for their peaks and all because I don't i don't really bet but mm-hmm. i i saw a lot of people backing uh you know got opponents throughout the week because his they felt like his matches were will really be priced like if, for example the first one against nicholas and i i remember reading that and, and being like yeah of course i mean i watched nicholas recently he was doing really well like this guy got yeah why why who is he and yeah and he ended up beating gomez nicholas persico which is a very good run. Uh, he's playing next week as well, so so maybe maybe that's where I'm gonna be able to, to check him out. Uh, because I was in Szczecin, I, w- I didn't get that to watch that much of Quito, but Quito is actually in pretty good hours, so I watched a few of these matches.
3: Uh, yeah, and, and finally, let's go to Istanbul. Uh, James Tugworth uh, top seed beat Tanglin Wu, 6-4, 6-2 for the title. It's his 12th challenger title. Um, which takes him you up know, 15 spots number 65. Uh it was it was it was, it was a strong run beat um Justino, uh which you know after that the strong run started <laughs> with uh Green-
0: <laughs> Wow that disrespect to Lorenzo Justino nice <laughs> with
3: with with um with Muller, uh Grenier and then Quentin Alice in the in the semi-final. Uh, Borna Goya also made the semis by beating Daniel Elahi Galan, Evgeny Karlovsky, and Jeffrey Blancaño. Uh, Blancaño made the quarterfinals as a lucky loser, with wins over Lokoli and Tseng. Uh, yes, what, what caught your eye in in Istanbul here?
0: Well, Istanbul is one that I barely got to watch because of the hours <laughs> they were around, around uh, when Szczecin was starting, like maybe some early matches I I, I, I caught a few uh i feel like we very we underestimated duckworth a lot like yes. in the north american hardcore season when i when i looked back at his results he was really great uh what was it like atlanta quarters or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and uh, with very solid wins in there and i i feel like it's not even that that surprising that he managed to defeat everyone this week like alice was basically the only player that. Gave him any trouble and Alice was playing very well this week, actually, uh, but then just just couldn't really you know, keep up that very, very risky game of his uh, across three sets, but uh, I think well, I feel like Duckworth was a really easy pick that we both failed to go for.
3: Uh, yeah, we, we we both went for for Marchenko. Uh, I guess we were just excited to, to see him. Uh, again. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't know why. I mean that that was that was weird.
3: Yeah, I mean it, it's also you know it was the last one that we picked. Uh, so you know hour and a half into the recording, if things get a bit weird. Yeah, you're and right. We- you're right. We we, we we both pick uh, Marchenko. We lost to Halis in the in the second round, which I mean it doesn't even look like a surprising result to me. So I'm not really sure what we were thinking. But yeah, we went unfortunately all for ten, uh <laughs> none of us got a- anything right. <laughs>
0: but it actually so. wasn't that bad. Like Kruger eliminated both our peeps in carry. Yeah, uh, in Quito, I feel like if Tirante beat Lama, he might have as well won the week. Yeah, like it wasn't a bad pick, and I guess that's, hmm, I guess this might be all of our good results. Ah, Ren, sorry, I also had uh, Rindernech. Who yeah, maybe if he beat Bonzi, he would have taken out as well. So,
3: yeah, it was... for, for, for me. It was more of a mixed back With you know, Fretangelo mm-hmm. made the final. Cheveri, though, yeah, he he pulled out. I think he pulled right? out.
0: So yeah, so it was yeah,
3: there. And then yeah, well, the rest of the notes, I'll talk about them: Murray, Martin, Marchenko. The M's disappointed me. Uh, this week, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, let's go into upset of the week. Yeah, I, I suspect that we, that we might have the same one. Uh I went for Nicola Kuhn, beating Albert Ramos Vignolas in the first round. Uh one six, six four, six four. Kuhn. I mean, we talked about him quite a bit, but he obviously was seen as a big talent. As I said, struggling big time this year, I did not see this run going. <laughs> I did not see this run coming in the in the slightest. Uh, yeah, they also have Kun and Ramos Vyas,
0: or That was what the bookies went for. I, I, I would like also like to give a shout out to Setkic over Albot in Istanbul. Mm. I watched a couple of ma- Setkic matches at Warsaw, and I definitely didn't see that coming. Even if Albot was pretty terrible, uh, from what I saw, Setkic was serving really well. Uh, but but yeah, I guess over Ramos is is probably the one that 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 surprised me the most. We, we, you know, when I, when I saw how it's going, like when I came in the after a couple of games in the second set and saw how well Kun is playing, then I wasn't really surprised that he's winning the third. But you know, before the match, that that was really, that was definitely a shock. As for much of the week, uh, well, this time I I do, did go for some Szczecin matches, and this is actually the very first time. Where I think that my upset of the week matches my match of the week, which is also Ramos kun <laughs> I feel like from 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 when I watched it, so like six one three two for Ramos or something like that. The the level was extremely high, uh, even though uh, especially from Kuhn, but but Ramos still kept fighting and. Somehow survived for a long time in this match, even though Kuhn was really dropping bombs all around. But I also have a little side note of of practically it could be Chash against Travalia or Chash against Kopriva. It, it's interchangeable for me.
3: Yeah, uh, I went for um, a semifinal in Ren uh, Mats Morang over Richard Gasquet uh, six, four, five, seven, six, two, it was, it was an amazing serving day for, for, for Mats he, he, it was 23 aces, I think in the end, uh, was the tally, uh, Gasquet is, his game is, is, is pretty beautiful to watch. The, the crowd was very active. So, so they also made the, the, the match even more fun, but yeah, the, the, level was pretty high. It was interesting to see this, you know, very, very established former top 10 player Gasquet, played as a uh, guy on the challenges in incredible form in M.S. In Moraine. So
0: have you uh, seen that... Gasquet live?
3: Uh, no, I, I mean, we were we were probably supposed to in summit 2019. He, he pulled out, I think.
0: Really? All right. Oh, yeah, okay. he, yeah, he was originally on the on the entry list. Oh, and, OK, I didn't remember. Uh, but but uh, yeah, uh, you, you definitely should, if you can, because yeah. that uh, yeah. I watched yeah. him. I watched actually uh, just one match in in Marseille 2019. Uh, 2020, sorry, against Mikhail Emer, he he lost that one, but but yeah, uh, as you said, that uh, that that's a guy who plays beautiful tennis. He was actually in Stettin four years ago, but I wasn't, uh, and he won the title. Uh, and everyone like keeps mentioning him as you know that guy who came to Stettin and played the most beautiful tennis <laughs> they've ever seen. Wow.
3: Um. Yeah. So should we move on to to next week's tournament? Yep uh all right let's start with i i first on my list here in in resultina which hopefully won't let me down this time uh, ambato in in okay. ecuador uh where we, i have uh, juan pablo Varias as the top seed opening against uh, roberto Quiroz in this section also general alberto olivieri uh menendez maseras olivo is the other seed uh, next section down from that, we have Hugo de Lien as the third seed. So, so you, you, we can already see this is quite a bit stronger field yeah. from, um, from, from from the last tournament in, in Um uh persegui is Pedro Sakamoto. Uh, there's a couple of wild cards in here. Antonio Cayetana March, uh, Daniel Alejandro Espin-Perez, who plays Juan Pablo Ficovic. Uh Next section down is very interesting to me. There's a, there's a couple of names in here. We have Emilio Gomez. Uh, who's coming off of a, well, the top showing in in Quito, not great. Uh, uh, Thiago Agustin Tirante is also in the section, and so is uh, Gerald Meltzer with a protected ranking, uh, playing a qualifier, so so, so maybe he can go on a little run here. And then, sorry, uh, last section, we have second seed Andre Martin. Uh, Gonzalo Lama is in here with a special exemption, Mirza Basic. Uh, Facundo Mena, so so that's definitely a very loaded quarter. Uh, what do you think of this draw?
0: Yeah, and in the quality we've got Paul Martin T- Tiphon and uh, Alexis Gauthier, so yeah. two of the guys who did very well in Quito. Uh, so the, these these ones are, I would definitely look look forward to. Like you know, if they qualify, they they can do something here again. As you said, the the draw is stronger, and it's gonna get only better from now on like in, in a couple of weeks you're gonna have really strong south american challengers uh i actually ended up going for a backup of my previous pick. i don't think tirante did much wrong this week uh the, the, you know in, in in quito he only lost to gonzalo lama in two tiebreaks, and i i probably believe he's the most talented player in the draw uh I guess for maybe uh but but uh I I am definitely looking forward to seeing him play more uh I I I I, I feel like he was very okay in Quito and could have won it if the if the quarterfinal tie breaks went the other way.
3: Uh yes, I I sort of I thought about Tirante a lot but I sense that you might go for him. I didn't want us to to <laughs> top lock here uh at the start so I'm going for uh the top seed Juan Pablo uh, Varias. Um, he, he 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 was he was very strong at some challenges earlier on in the year in may he had a great back to back where he won the title in biela uh, and then made the final in zagreb uh, he's coming off of a strong uh, Davis Cup showing against Bosnia and Herzegovina, where he beat uh, Jumhur and Basic in straight sets oh, right, uh, on play in, in Peru. So I feel that should prepare him well for for Ambato here. Although he is playing Roberto Kiros and he does have a losing 2-0 uh, two, two record to him. Uh, so I hope that won't affect him too much. I'm going for Barrias.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually look at the head-to-head, head, but that first round was actually what scared me a bit of Varias, of But that was the other guy I looked at. I mean, I feel like yeah. the, these are the two front runners.
3: Yeah, past that much, I very much like his whole half, really. Whereas mm-hmm. Tirante, I see a couple of maybe potential threats in his quarter, and then the, the fourth quarter is definitely the strongest one. So, so I feel like it's going to be a tough road for him to make the final. Uh, whereas Barrias, yes, if 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 he doesn't have issues against Quiroz, should sh- should be okay. I don't really I don't really see that many issues for him. Hopefully, uh, next up I have uh, Columbus here. Okay. Columbus, um, where we have Tennis Sandgren as a top seed, opening up opening against the qualifier. Maybe he's going to make it two games this time. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, potentially Bjorn Fratangelo. And wait, hold on. Is it did, did Fratangelo pull out? Or is he still in the draw?
0: I don't know. For me, he's still in the draw, but mm, yeah. Well, I t- no, he, he pulled out. Yeah, qualifier oh, lucky loser. Yeah, Fratangelo did pull out. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah, so so, so he, then he either plays Darian King uh, from Barbados, who I, I think he's been coaching uh Sloan Stevens. Sloan Stevens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, or or qualifier lucky loser. He also have, uh, has J.J. Wolf uh, as the seventh seed in this section, which should be interesting. I'm, I'm quite excited to see him again. Uh, next section, we have uh, the, the winner of Kerry as, as the eighth seed, Mitchell Krueger, um, fourth seed, Prajnish some, Kunisvaran. Some names in the middle, there's there, there's Christian Harrison, there's Stefan Kozlov, uh, Kulbler, Polanski, uh, So so we'll see. Um, interesting wild card here. I, I assume he's a college player for, yeah, yeah. for also. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma
0: the, State, I think.
3: The, the uh, Czech guy here. So that's that's interesting to see. <clears throat> but yeah, the, the, he actually plays another wild card, Cannon Kingsley, which is an amazing name. Imagine your first name being Cannon. Just pff, explosive name. Um, third seed, Alex Bolt opens, opens against uh, Noah Rubin. Who I mean hasn't been doing great <laughs> this year on on the challengers. He's either sort of struggled, um, but we have a very interesting first round here between Escobedo and Vukic, which is definitely one to circle. Uh, if you're a challenger fan, you should definitely watch that. Um, and then final section we have Salvatore Car- Caruso against Dane Kelly. Caruso is the second seed in the section. There, there's there's also uh, Jason Jung playing Ryan Peniston, which should also be an interesting match. See see where Peniston's level. Uh, is going to be uh, Nicholas Mejia is here, Mac Purcell, Nick Chapel, uh, a couple of names from from qualifying that are still potentially to qualify. We have Alexis Galarno, we have Alexander Kovacevic, uh, uh, Shintaro Mochizuki, and somebody I haven't seen around in a while, uh, Yunseong Chung, uh, who who I remember as being a, a quite talented junior. Um, so yeah, what, what do you make of Columbus?
0: yeah Watzel used to play for Oklahoma used to play for Oklahoma State but he's playing for Ohio State now which explains yeah, his wild card
3: they, yeah because Columbus is in Ohio yeah, so.
0: exactly so maybe we're looking at Mikael Torpegaard because you, you know his records in, in Ohio uh, yeah, like he a, yeah, he made oh. his uh, all five of his uh, Challenger finals in Ohio
3: oh wow <laughs> Uh,
0: three in Columbus and two in Cleveland. So, uh, I mean, he's always dangerous there for some reason. He also played for Ohio State, for the Ohio State. I think they, they, I think, I think they, they want to add that before, but I, I can't remember if, if I'm right. Anyhow, uh, anyhow, I'm probably not looking at Torpegard. I honestly can't remember what he's been doing this year. Like, I, I need to check that, but I, I feel like he hasn't been been doing well.
3: Currently on a yeah. five-streak.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't wrong there. I just couldn't oh, remember. Weird,
3: he's, he's seven and seventeen on the whole year. So. Yeah. So
0: I'm probably not looking at Torpegard, even though it's Ohio and he gets like a hundred percent boost for whatever reason. Really looking forward to Escobedo Vukic, as you said. I mean, the the big serves are gonna be in play, and it's gonna be really random probably. Uh, I went for JJ Wolf. Uh, he also plays very well in Ohio. He also played with uh, for the Ohio State. Uh, I thought about Santgren. Didn't really look at Krueger because of second week in a row. Unless it's Benjam- Benjamin Bonzi, I I don't really like picking him. Uh, picking someone who just won.
3: Yes, uh, yeah. See, I mean, I, I'm kind of struggling a bit here to to see who I want to pick. Uh, JG Wolf. I, I looked at the the <laughs> recent form. Isn't great though. Uh, since since he came he's back from, from injury, two wins on, on the whole year. I mean, he he only started in, in Los Cabos.
0: But against and, very tough players, mostly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah
3: it, 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 like the, he, there, he hasn't had a bad loss. Yeah, um, exactly. hasn't been winning those matches. So maybe it's time for the to break through here. Um, we're going to go for Max Purcell, um, kind of a little out of nowhere. He obviously won, won Nur Sultan uh, earlier this year. Um, but yeah, I, I like his section I don't think it's a super strong section Unless, as you said, Peniston um, uh, Plays his highest possible level But Caruso as, and Zhang as seeds uh, I, I think that his odds of reaching the, the semis are quite high So Max Purcell for me uh, Yes. Yeah, so, so so next up, uh, I have Biel on my list mm-hmm. Where we have uh, pierre uh Herbert Which is kind of surprising I wasn't really expecting him here uh, he really
0: drops down the rankings, so I, I think he's like barely in the top 100s at the yes, moment.
3: Number 100 apparently, yeah. Yeah, so. 30 years old, which I, I did not realize that he's 30 already. That's he looks like a
0: baby, like he has, he has a baby face and, and I always think of him as 23, 24, but yeah, but it's not the case anymore.
3: He he, he, he did play the, the, the Prague Challengers um, last, last year. Last year, yeah. But yeah, I it's, it's, it was definitely surprised to see him. Anyway, uh, top seed, he opens up against um, Gosweda, which should be a, a nice little welcome back to, to the Challenger Tour for him, because uh, you know, I, I don't know how much Gosweda really has left at this point in his career. In, in this section, though, he he does have Marc-Andrea who who I think can be interest, uh, can, can be uh, tough to play at, at times. But uh, outside of that, a couple of wild cards, Jerome Kim, uh, Leandro uh, Riedi. Uh, and then also Kwako and Bemelman. So I mean, it's a nice little section for him here, uh, for, for Herbert. Uh, next section, we have Denis Novak opening against Matthias Bachinger, which I feel like should be a really nice match to watch, uh, potentially uh, playing Van Rijthoven in the in the second round. Uh, we also have in the section uh, Joao Souza um, playing Borna Goyo, who's, who's in pretty good form coming into the tournament. Uh, next section we have fourth seed uh, Tomasz Um That's this. This is a tough, tough section. Ooh, this, is, yeah, it's, it's Macháč, uh playing Ramanatan, uh, and it's fifth seed Liam Brody playing Andrei Kuznetsov, who actually I yeah, feel Kuznetsov might be the favorite in this match. Uh, we have Daniel Masu playing Uku and we have Lukas Klein playing Mats Moraing, which is a <laughs> that's rough, yeah. rough first round for Klein there, unfortunately. Rough well,
0: first round for Morayng as well, I think.
3: Yeah, probably. I mean it's tough it, for
0: everyone involved. To
3: be fair, I I was uh listening to an interview with the Davis Cup captain after the win, and uh he, he's somebody that really believes in Klein. He actually planned mm-hmm. to play him at singles on the first day over Gombosch, uh funnily enough, which interesting. is good. interesting to me. He's going to play more Klein. I guess
0: Klein also would have been got in on indoors like most of the time.
3: Oh, honestly, Gar- Garin, Garin was really good. Gar- Garing beat Molchan kind of easily, and then oh, Garim was
0: okay. I, I didn't I didn't really look at the Davis Cup results that much.
3: Great lights out, just okay. Best. He played vintage Dominique Hrbatita, tennis was was the whole. <laughs> he played like top
0: Who's best. the Davis Cup captain, by the way?
3: Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so so it's it's Tibor Tóth. Uh, it was his debut. Okay. Uh, he's he 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 coaches with Gombos right now. He's called Marchenko. He's he's coached Marchenko in the past. Um, so so he's 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 been around for quite a while. Uh but yes, so, so he had a big belief in Lukasz Klein, but Klein apparently is still recovering from an injury. So I don't think it's a super tough um first round for Morang, but should be interesting to see where Klein is at anyway. Um last section we have uh uh Andre Laksanen opening against Lukasz Latsko, which on the indoor hard, that can be definitely an interesting match uh something that i like it's not Laxan's favorite surface is definitely lots favorite surface up there with grass for him i think um in the section also uh eighth seed Chemil then we have a, a couple of uh interesting guys he will be with kuzman opens against uh kamka and well for dominic stefan striker uh who plays maxime janvier uh yeah who's who's caught your eye here in the in the draw
0: yeah, as for the qualifiers, I was looking at Anton Matusevich, but he's actually losing to Hiroki Moriya at the at the time of recording, so maybe he's not gonna qualify after all. Uh, Shevchenko is there, whom I always uh, who uh, I'm always looking at as a as a potential breakout at some point, but probably not not really. Uh, no, no, none of the qualifiers can really make it far it's very good that these uh young swiss boys are getting the wild cards like you know when when you look at the the peaks here it's striker jedi That's does their free best talents and it's it's i don't know i i love i love to see it like uh you know they they have free peaks they're not wasting it on leo borg but they're just giving the, <laughs> they're just giving the wild cards to uh, the ones that they they that should be getting them i mean everyone of streaker the and kim is a is a top junior and they should be uh they should be getting these chances obviously at this point streaker has the best chance to to make something out of it we'll see i mean on clay he was obviously a bit a, a bit worse with his huge serve and and an aggressive game uh i can't even remember who i went with here let me check um I guess. Oh, that's an interesting pick. But yes, I did go with team Van Rijtoven. Oh. Uh, really? Yeah, because I really had no idea what to do here. I don't trust Herbert. I don't trust like Sonnen against Lachko. Like Lachko just recently won Mallorca. and if he can play at this level, then then sure. And uh I might be wrong on this. I didn't check that, but I think Van Rijthoven won uh 25k in Biel earlier in the year. Mm-hmm uh that was the one where he defeated riedi and um yeah riedi, uh, Lhechka, i think in the finals and he was playing really really well there and i, I, I don't even know if that if it's the same venue i probably should have checked that but i mean uh it probably is so uh i feel like van reithoven can be really dangerous in these indoor conditions he lost to parere last week but it was fairly close uh, with his serve, he can always be competitive, and I just really didn't have a favorite looking at the seats.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really thinking about Van Rijka, to be honest. I was thinking about Denis Novak in his section, uh, but I'm not picking him in the, end, the the first round, and potentially the second round Van an I'm also not super ecstatic about. I was thinking about Mats Morang, but he's played a lot of tennis in the past couple of weeks, uh, a, a, a title and a final, so we'll, we'll see if he makes it out of his quarter, which is very tough. If, if he does, then he's probably the favorite. But I'm going to go top seed once again, I'm going to pierre be Um, He's not a, had a good year, um, he's taken three very difficult uh, five-set losses at slams in the first rounds, which is quite brutal. But you know, he 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 made he made the final of, of Marseille, beginning of the year, um, which 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 was indoor hard. He's back on indoor hard now. He obviously plays a lights out in in Marseille, beat Nishikori, Nori, Titi Paz, and Umber, uh, and won won three sets with Daniel Medvedev in, this, in the yeah. final. Uh, I don't think he's gonna play that sort of level, but I certainly like his I, I certainly like his section there. I, I think it's definitely the weakest section uh in the draw and i feel like he can take advantage of that so we Pierre here Herbert.
0: okay yeah i think we're left with braga and bucharest right
3: uh yes let's we'll go
0: next braga braga sure
3: uh braga on clay top seed is uh chego monteiro um in an in, in, in interesting sort of section he, he has his federico ferreira as the other seats who plays uh Tyson Kiatkowski? Um we also have uh Joris Delur with a, with a protected ranking playing Andrea Arnaboldi. So that's a that's a nice draw for him <laughs> to try and build his ranking back up. Uh and also and he, Chiak- was,
0: he was playing pretty well in uh what was it, Kiev. He he lost to Kravchenko, I think, but but well, I I feel like his level is, is good enough to keep up with Arnaboldi.
3: Yes. And then we have uh, Ciego Cacao and uh, Roberto Ortega Olmedo also in that section. Uh, next section, interesting one uh, with Hugo Gaston in here playing Javier Barranco-Cosano who's been showing some great form at, at, at points this year. Also uh, Jesper De Jong, who I, somehow we didn't talk about him, uh made uh, quarters, was it? As, as quarters, well?
0: but honestly he wasn't really impressive. I, I feel like that was the the weakest section and, and De Jong the, the match against Kiatkowski, for example, the second round was painful to watch. Honestly, like they they really were. Well, maybe maybe usually it wouldn't be, but like compared to the rest of the field, compared to the other second rounds, it was really not not at this level to me.
3: All right, so 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 he opens against uh, João Dominguez, potentially Alessandro Gianesi, uh, who's a 16 in the second round. We, we have two Portuguese wildcards playing each other: Pedro Araujo and Luis Faria. Uh, who are um, both quite young, 19 and 22. So th- th- it will be a nice opportunity for one of them to play a second round. Uh, next section here, we have Nikola Milojevic playing Nuno Borges in the in the first round, which is certainly very intriguing. Uh, in the section, also Cedric Mazosztebe, who plays Andrea Pellegrino. We have Saisling and Verbensky, a first round, and also Giulio Cepieri in the section. And then the, the last quarter, we have second seed Taro Daniel playing against Filippo Baldi with a protected ranking. Uh, Robin Hase faces off with uh, Roberto Sitsubervi. Uh Eighth seed uh, Steven Diaz. Um, I was, I was, his name just confuses me so much because it's part English, part <laughs> uh, sort of Spanish. So you, you just have to like, switch in the middle. Uh, but yeah, he is a qualifier. And then uh, Gastao Elias or Andra Colarini. Um, in the qualities, uh Daniel Michalski has already lost, unfortunately. Yep. nice losing, uh, so
0: like a minute uh, ago, yeah. There's uh,
3: there's still Alex Rybakov. He's he's still in play. Uh, he, he he was pretty good last week. Um, but yeah, who, who are you picking? I I feel like the we might have a little bit of a Portuguese resurgence here.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I didn't go for a Portuguese speak. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't go for Nino Borges, if that's what you're referring to. Uh, from the qualities, like, as you said, Rybakov is very interesting because the past couple of weeks he's been playing very well. And uh, Daliborzcina is playing for the first time since... like He won the Prague Challenger and then went to a 25k in pro where he lost in the semis. But I'm very surprised to see that he's losing 1-6-4-4 in a, in a second against Peter Heller. So the, the former world number one, Peter Heller.
3: <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, anytime I see his name, it comes to mind. So uh, if, you, if you don't know what we're talking about, when, for a brief moment in 2019, there was that ITF ranking where there were, there were points just from ITFs and Peter Heller was the first number one. I can't remember who took over after him. Was it like yeah. Ivan Nedelko or something? Someone?
3: Yeah, I, I, I feel I feel like he was he was on top for a Nedelko while. Nedelko yeah. was
0: definitely in the top five, but I I can't remember if he was the number one. Uh,
3: yeah, but, I, mm-hmm. he did those. I, I remember. Um, I think it was somebody like. It, 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 I think it was a coach of like a Czech player who called it that. It's like essentially just monopoly money. Um, <laughs> this this idea of ranking concept. It, it was a weird time in in uh, challenges. Yeah, they
0: had like. in in challenger draws there were like four or five spots reserved for these guys with an itf ranking they basically tried to limit like
3: in the real ranking not getting in because of the itf spots and all this weird stuff
0: yeah but there were like just 600 players ranked in the atp rankings for like half for like half a year uh for example christopher o'connell i remember was unranked at the beginning of the season and then finished at like 120 or something uh because yeah because he because just they they wanted to limit the number of professional players but anyhow back to the topic i went with taro daniel i kind i kind of like his draw like at least the the quarter and i watched him against rune last week and i feel like that was a very high quality match uh he also has a very interesting coach which uh well i read that she's a mental coach and she has like all these a website about her and all jackie jackie ridon is her name she's an, an older lady and she basically uh, had uh, uh, re uh, t- took a lot of notes uh, and i have no idea if she's like still his mental coach only or maybe after he stopped working with sven she's actually a, a tennis coach as well because i read somewhere that she's got a, a some past in in professional tennis, so maybe maybe she's her his coach in in in, this, in game as well. But she it was pretty funny to watch because she has that very good American accent, and she was saying all the time saying things like "Way to go, Taro!" or uh, "Taro, you're the man!" or <laughs> "Very good tennis, Taro!" Uh, just pretty hilarious. But but I mean, I I respect uh the fact that she like seemed really into her job and uh...
3: yeah i it, this this reminds me of uh when, when martin fučovic play, played, in, played in bratislava uh a couple of years ago he played against jurgen melter in the first round and and he, he had an american coach at the time who, who would support him you know come on marton stuff like that <laughs> every now and then he would throw in a, a hungarian word which means come on he would throw in the get it which was uh <laughs> just seemed so incredibly out of place coming out of his mouth uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he's on a six match losing streak, hasn't won since June. But you know, uh, maybe he'll turn it around. I feel like the coach needs to get to work. <laughs> 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 but one in a while. I'm actually picking somebody from a section. I'm not going for Nuno Borges. I'm going for Gastão Elias, who had a great form early on in the year um, on, on, on clay, especially in Portugal, then outside of Portugal as well, Sammy's in, in Forli quarters in in Milan then uh was quite bad for quite a while um but you know I, I think he's picking back up he, he lost to Coppola in Davis Cup but uh he was very very close to to beating Alex Molchan in in the final round of qualifying at, at the U.S. Open um and obviously Molchan went on to went, went on to make a third uh round run uh I like his friends against Colarini. um I, I like Steven Diaz as, as a seed. I like Tarot Daniel as his other seed. So, so I quite like Castor, the head of this section. So
0: that's what well, I'm taking. I can say that we, we talked about him a lot uh, back a couple uh, a couple months back. Then he had that terrible period. And I just don't know how to evaluate his uh, sudden US Open resurgence. I, 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 I really have no clue. So, yeah. So uh, yeah. I think he's in the same section as, I already closed that drawdown, but he's in the same section as Tarot Daniel, right? Yes.
3: Yeah, in, yeah. In, in the last quarter. You might so be in for an
0: early early fight between our they,
3: they, they can face off in the quarterfinals yeah. if they both make it there. If if Taro Daniel was his first uh matches since June. Uh anyway, let's let's move on to, to Bucharest, uh where we have top C Stefano Travaglia opens against Lukaj Rosso and a potentially very interesting second round against Flavio Coboli, which would be nice to see. I see that they've already started. They 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 they, they stole the <laughs> they, they they, they, they stole the march on us because uh, number six seed, Maxime Materer, is already playing his first round against Lukas Midler. He uh, could have Sachko or Edler in the in the second round. Uh, next section, we have Zdenikolaj, Kshedin's uh, champion, playing Timur Gabashvili in the first round. So that, that should be interesting. Uh, two Romanian wild cards playing each other. Uh, we have Nicolas David Yonel, who's 18, and Stefan Palosi, who's 21. So again, young guys. Uh, and then in the same section is also 8th seed, Yigi Lechka playing Alexi Vatutin, uh, potentially playing Filip Christian Giannu in the second round. So we have all these young Romanians in, in one section uh, in, in, in the second quarter there. Uh, next quarter, we have 30, uh, Tanasi Kokinakis, plays Dui Ajdukovic in the first round, which would be quite exciting. Uh, we have seven-seed Vít Kopsiwa playing uh, Mario Škopil, uh, who will be at home there. Uh, Filip Honanski plays Nikolai Frunza, and we also, also have Yela Sels in this section. In then uh, bottom quarter, we have second-seed Radu Albot playing Nino Serdarúšić, who I feel like should definitely be the favorite in their match there. Uh, second round, they'll, pro, they'll probably uh, they'll play one of uh, Bonandio or Clark. Uh, uh, the other seed in section is Sumit Nagal. Lin Just, a uh, Giustino uh, and Jeffrey Blancano plays a qualifier there um, as far as qualifying goes nothing really excites me there to be entirely honest with you yeah uh, but
0: was there the the, the the Ukrainian 20-year-old that we talked about but he lost to Calvin and so
3: yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, he hasn't qualified um, but yeah what, what, what do you think of the draw who, who excites you here
0: well, definitely, Idukovic-Kokinakis is a is a match I'm looking forward to. If I remember correctly, they played a few times, right, or maybe at least once. They,
3: they uh, played once in uh, Split earlier split, this year. Yeah, yeah, I, so I really,
0: definitely watched that They
3: Six three in the third, so it should be interesting here again.
0: Um, are you expecting me to pick Kokinakis again?
3: Uh, I, I don't, I don't think you will, because I I think that it's a tough first round. Um, but it, it will be very much on brand for you. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're right. Uh, Nino Serdarusic Radu Albot. That that's a good first round as well. Uh yeah. And I'm probably looking at Serdarusic to win it, like with with, yeah. the, with the form that he's been recently, uh, that he's been in recently. Then that that's very very winnable for him, and another tough loss for Albot if it happens. Uh, I don't know. Travalia, obviously, after the losses against Collarini, Chash in general how he's done recently i'm not really a fan of of his talent at the moment even though i i really like his game in general but i, don't, I just don't think he's in good form Sachko Adler is another first round that i'm going to watch i feel like still i feel like sachko is a guy that you know there's gonna be that one week where everything just comes together for him but i ended up going for maybe another sort of a resurgence because his last few events weren't great and i went with ishii mm-hmm. i watched the vatutin in Szczecin, a couple of the as well but uh, i watched a couple of vatutins matches and he he seems to be really far off what he was able to do in uh, three or four years ago and the other seed in the section which has a lot of romanians where Onigianu is probably you know, dangerous uh, the other seed is then a and you know, uh, as you as you know by this point i don't really expect i don't really expect back-to-back winners uh, most of the time so i feel like loheczka has a very decent shot at making the semis and from then on we shall see but he he hasn't been doing that well recently but he's in fantastic physical shape and i i i think he's a a huge talent still i mean Perhaps not as not as big as, for example, the Runa, whom we talked about recently. But I, I would be very surprised if he's not going to you know, go up at some point.
3: Mm. So I'm actually going to uh I'm yeah, I'm I'm, I'm doing I'm, I'm gonna go for Tanasi Kokinaki's here. Uh obviously difficult, difficult first round. Um, but lo- looking at his recent results, which were they were both in hardcore. Um, but he he makes it quite deep then loses to O'Connell and then loses to juke who I, th- I think both guys are, are, are quite good they're not bad losses um i don't yeah, think has
0: already taken him out twice this year uh so so also also that.
3: Yeah, I am I'm, I'm not really sure who could really take him out in that sense outside of Aydukovic, If he makes it past the first round, Kopshiva is is not in great form. Uh Kopil, I, I don't I don't really trust him, even though he did he did good in uh Davis Cup. I don't really trust him. Uh Radu Albot, um I don't I don't I think that he's losing first round. So uh yeah, quality wise, I feel like Kokinak is it's a tough first round, but I'm gonna go for him anyway there. Yes
0: yeah i taking a page out of my playbook uh hopefully it works for you as as well as it did for me usually because i feel like the week that tanasi kokinakis actually won i wasn't picking him
3: yes yeah uh, that was you, i believe that you picked him twice in a row and then the third week he, he won
0: yeah but he is playing you know st- still he is playing better than than his ranking suggests, and you know it's probably gonna last until some time. So yeah, he, he's a value peak usually.
3: Yeah, uh, so, so so just to recap before we go in Ambato, I've picked Juan Pablo Varias, you picked uh Agustín Tirante in Columbus, I picked Max Purcell, you picked JJ Wolf in Biel, I picked Pierre-Hugues Herbert, you picked Tim Vadrehoven in Braga, I picked Castel Elias. Uh, you picked Taro Daniel. And in Bucharest, uh, I picked Tanasi Kokinakis, you pick Yiji Lehechka.
0: I feel like we've been very like non-conservative this week. Like last week we mostly went for the favorites, and here we had some
3: yeah, we definitely switched it up.
0: Yeah. Uh, here,
3: so there just weren't that many
0: clear favorites this week. And actually last week we went for the favorites, but missed James Duckworth somehow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like like even on like Wednesday or, or maybe even Tuesday, I was looking at that draw and I was like, "Why on earth would I go for Marchenko when Duckworth is in good form? He has, a great, he has a great draw. Marchenko needs to play Alice in the second round."
3: I don't know. Yeah, we're both kind of tired, but yeah, it, it should be interesting. Hopefully, I go. What is it? I'm, I'm three clear of you right now, yep, right?
0: Nine six. Yep.
3: Nine six. So hopefully that goes up to eight. Uh,
0: this week, you know. <laughs> Optimistic. Like, wait,
3: but, you know, sh- shoot for the stars. Uh, I- I will see, we'll see where it goes. Uh, yeah, it should definitely be an exciting week. I'm, I'm looking forward to these tournaments quite a bit. Um, I'm-, I'm very intrigued by by a lot of different tournaments. We, we have a lot of variety here. We-, we have South American clay, we have American hard courts, we have European indoor hard, and we have European outdoor clay, which, I mean, in September doesn't seem like the wisest idea always uh weather wise but we'll we'll see how that goes uh hopefully nobody gets rained out in, in Bucharest. Uh, but yeah it should, should be definitely an exciting week
0: yeah if that five winners thing happens then you should definitely play like euro jackpot or something <laughs> 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 anyhow Maybe. Uh, yeah
3: they didn't come back uh
0: yeah anyhow thank you for this week and yeah it was long as hell, but that's what happens when you get five events to preview and five events, five events to recap and also some uh, some interviews from Szczecin. So uh, thanks if you stayed till the end and thanks if you left earlier, although you're not going to hear it. But yeah, see you guys next week.
1: Bye. Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger edition of the show with hosts Damien Kust and Jakob Babro. Again, no two people follow the action on the Challenger level more closely than them. So as always, we appreciate their contributions. We appreciate their passion for the sport. Of course, we've got a lot of other fun things to discuss here at Cracked Rackets this week. I know we're done with the Grand Slams, But a lot of fascinating dynamics still unfolding on tour. We talk about the generational shifts happening all the time in the men's and women's game. These end-of-year events, an excellent opportunity for so many of these young players to take advantage of the fact that some of the top dogs sit out. Of these events. And so you're going to get to see some breakthrough runs. Certainly, that will be the focus of much of our content this week. Hoping to have some press access at the ATP and WTA events as well. So keep an eye out for some From the Presser segments on our Cracked Interviews podcast. Keep an eye out, of course, for daily recaps on the Mini Break show. Going to mix things up on the Great Shot podcast this week. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to get creative, but. Excuse me. That is my goal to get creative over the course of the next week as we prepare for things such as Indian Wells, of course, Labor Cup, everything that's surrounded that. Want to explore all of that this week? So be on the lookout for all of that content. Of course, again, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly? I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout-out, as always, to our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westhoff, for the f*** of an editing job they do day in, day out. Of course, I may have said this earlier, but like, rate, subscribe to this show, the Cracked Interviews podcast, Mini Break podcast. If you are interested in supporting our work, of course, you can follow it all and contribute via our Cracked Rackets Patreon. We are so grateful. For all of you that already do. Uh, but with that said, for hosts, Damian Kust and Babro, our super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westoff, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.